Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. If you would stand, we'll get started with our service. Second uh, Corinthians three seventeen says, "Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Trent, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. Join us on page 435.
Join me in singing page. I mean, join me in standing. We'll be singing page 410. Faith is the victory.
to take God's Son from heaven to turn the Lord of all into a helpless infant, a baby weak and small, to give to our Creator a fully human face. This, this is Christmas grace. The feet that walked in splendor on streets of purest gold, now wrapped in humble swaddling, now shiver from the cold. The hand that Mary holds hung the moon and stars in space. This, this is Christmas grace. Grace to share our frailty, understand our fragile lot. Jesus laid aside his power to be helped, trained, and taught to know the sting of hunger, feel the pain of grief and loss. God's Son allowed himself to be born for us. He traded heaven's majesty. He left his glorious throne for wood and hay and rubble, a shell of flesh and bone. The Lord Almighty locked in a single time and space. This, this is Christmas grace. This, this is Christmas grace. Christmas Amen. Let me say thank you for all of the hospitality we've enjoyed. Thank you, Pastor, church people. You put us up in a nice, uh, a nice motel, hotel over there. Very nice. Though the one right next door has a slide that goes outside. 
what's up with that one? That's the one I wanted. But, uh, uh, but uh, no, we got the one where the adults stay. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you've really spoiled us. Thank you for lunch. Good job. You guys grilled that up in such a short amount of time. But thank you for that. You've just made us really feel special and uh, appreciate it. And uh, uh, since we're, we're live, and I appreciate those that have filled the pulpit in my absence down at Heritage Baptist Church in Wichita. And uh, it's, uh, it, it, it does a, heart, uh, a pastor's heart good to know that his people are in their place and they're doing things. I did tell them, though, there better not be more people that show up for the guest preacher, you know. And uh, there better not be more comments on his preaching than on mine, you know, unless they're bad, then I'll go in there and no, no. But, uh, you know, yeah, it, it is just a Really a blessing to be here, and uh, we are always thrilled to be here. Turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter 9. And I know we're short on time, so instead of starting in Genesis, going to Revelation, I thought we'd start here at Deuteronomy and go to Revelation and cover all that God has for us today. Would that be okay? All right. Nah, it's not funny. On a full belly, is it? Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 1. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go and to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, Who can stand before the children of Anak? Now understand therefore this day, that the Lord thy God is he which goeth over before thee as a consuming fire, he shall destroy them, and he shall bring them down before thy face, so, so, so shalt thou drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord hath said unto thee. What a great promise this is. Here's God telling the nation, you know, through Moses, telling the nation, all right, you've got the promised land, it's in front of you. I want you to go. Oh, by the way, the enemy's in great big walled cities, and it's impossible. And the enemies are tall and bigger than you. And, uh, you know, you can do it. You can do it. it. It's an impossible thing, humanly speaking, but the Lord will go before thee. And, you know, it, it is just like it for God to keep it real for us, you know, the to take the modern vernacular, he'll keep it real for us and let us know that the enemy that lays ahead of us is bigger and mightier than us. And, 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 and it is. They are. We can't fight against culture. Go ahead, get on Instagram and start posting Bible verses and then just flip over to the Instagram listing and see which ones are the most popular on Instagram. Can I tell you, it's not going to be your Bible verses, and especially if you're putting them in the King James, you know. So you are just so narrow-minded to only believe in one Bible version. and So you're not going to get a lot of follows, and you're not going to get a lot of likes, and you're not going to get a lot of thumbs up. Why? Because it's not, it's not popular. The culture is bigger than your influence. And uh, I, I love having these positive messages, can't you tell? Uh, but the culture is bigger than your influence. But verse 4, that's not the end of the chapter, verse 3. Verse 4, 
Speak not thou in thine heart, after that the Lord thy God hath cast them down from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in to possess this land. But for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out from before thee. Not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness of thine heart dost thou go to possess their land, but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee, and that he may perform the word which the which Lord swear unto thy fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Understand therefore that the Lord thy God giveth thee not this good land to possess it for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until he came, came unto this place. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Also in horror, ye provoked the Lord to wrath so that the Lord was angry with you to have destroyed you. When I was gone up into the mountain to receive the tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I abode in the mount forty days and forty nights. I neither did eat nor drink water. And the Lord delivered unto me two tables of stone written with the finger of God. And on them was written according to all that the words which the Lord spake with you in the mount out of the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of the forty days and forty nights, the Lord gave me the two tables of stone, even the tables of the covenant. The Lord said unto me, Rise and get thee down quickly from hence for thy people which thou hast brought forth out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They are quickly turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten image. And then he goes on to say, you know, this history story of what, what they did. You know, God brought them out of Egypt. Uh, Moses is up in the mountain and they're fearful at first, the lightnings and the thunders and the great cloud that descended on the mountain. And then they got anxious about who's going to lead us, who's going to follow. We need to worship something. Aaron, uh, make us a gold calf. Here's our earrings. Here's our jewelry that the Egyptians gave to him, by the way, to get out of the land of Egypt. And here's these, make us a calf. And like a good artist, he makes this warrior of a creature, <laughs> right? Instead of molting a lion or a bull, he makes a baby cow, a calf. And here's the God that brought you free. Uh, that's the foolishness of the nation of Israel. But Moses, you just told us we're going to face a great enemy and God's going to wipe them out before us. And so we're, 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 we're on the right side, aren't we? And he says, but remember. Yes, the enemy is bigger and stronger. Culture is bigger and stronger. There's nothing we can do. God's got to do it all. So what's our response? Because obviously we can't take the credit for it. God's got to do the work. He's got to drive out the giants. He's got to do the successful. Then why does God even need us? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to respond? Turn over to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, we find the answer. And it said it a few times here in Joshua chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, 
unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And verse 10, and follows is Joshua's obedience. Joshua telling the people what the plan that God has given in being obedient. One point in this whole message. Courage. Courage. If we're going to accomplish anything in this life, it's not because of our goodness. Deuteronomy says it's not because of the Israelites' uprightness, their good behavior. That they can't look at and say, well, we, we overthrew the giants because we're good people. We overthrew the giants because we're God's people. That wasn't even a factor. The only response that they were to have was to obey, and obedience takes courage. It is easy to be selfish. It is easy to be prideful. We don't have to think about sinning. It comes naturally. We have to make effort to do what's right and continue to do what's right. It takes courage. Sometimes courage, and, and by the way, courage is not the absence of fear and questions. God's not afraid of questions. God's not afraid of fear. God's not afraid of, uh, of, of doubts. He, he's not afraid of those things. In fact, those are the times that we are to rely on Him more when we have fears, when we have doubts, when we have questions. The devil would like us to say, well, if you have questions, you know, you're no good, get out of the way. No, don't you know that God knows who we are? He made us, he knows how fickle we are, he knows how fragile we are. And we just need to do it, we need to see a need. We need to hear a cry, we need to respond. The highest award that I wear is an Army Accommodation Medal with a V device. It was a bronze star that was downgraded because I didn't have a high enough rank as an E3 in Desert Storm. I had, uh, 
It sounded like a bitter enlisted man. But I had officers. They only allowed so many bronze stars, and those guys obviously showed up in country, and they needed bronze stars that looked better on their awards. So my award was downgraded to an Army accommodation with a V device for valor. I'll tell you, it, it, it's really a cool story to have it. It'd be a cooler story if it was someone else's, <laughs> but it's mine. And I'll be honest, I'll tell you the secret of it. I had no idea what was going on. So that's the basis of every man's decision. You know, the worst thing in the world you can ever hear is a man say, hey, watch this. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it was sort of that kind of situation. We were in Iraq. Uh, we were proceeding. We were reconnaissance forward to the enemy. And uh, we saw movement in front of us. We called in artillery on the enemy and the movement in front of us. And um, nobody's ever said this. Nobody's ever questioned. As far as I know, I was an E3 at the time, so low, too low a rank for it to even know if it mattered or anything else. But uh, we were hit with artillery. And it was in that artillery barrage. I was in the vehicle that was the tail-end vehicle, so we were outside of the actual barrage of artillery but I was my team's medic. And I heard guys yelling, and I saw explosions, and, and got out of my vehicle and just ran to give help. I tell you, if somebody had told me it was an artillery barrage, I would have stayed in the vehicle. Just, I mean, I, I did make a good Marine because I followed orders, but even Marines, you know, if somebody tells us the whole situation, we're probably going to not run through an artillery barrage. That's not really how you extend your life by running through artillery barrages. But I did. I'll tell you, you know why I did? Because I had, uh, you know, a cape on my back and superpowers and uh, I was born on kryptonite. You didn't know that. Uh, but I was born on krypton and they weren't shooting kryptonite artillery shells, so I was invincible. The power of the sun. All right, no, that's not my story. That's Clark Kent's story. My story is, I was trained to respond when somebody was hurt. And I did. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> if I did, who knows the extent of injuries? Who knows the results of that? In fact, I believe we were, you know, the result of friendly fire. Not that it felt that way to those that were wounded. But I believe it was a result of friendly fire. We were hit with dual-purpose uh, individual cluster munitions. In America, we're, we're, we're probably the most famous for those. The other nations have those. But I don't think Saddam and, and Iraq had those at the time. And these were munitions that uh, uh, explode in the air. Uh, they're, they're long canisters and they have little metal balls and so the first stage of explosion will release the metal balls. And then these metal balls will come out and they can set them up differently where they'll do air burst, they'll explode on contact in the ground, or they'll explode over time. So in Desert Storm, we use those to make, uh, you know, minefields. They, they weren't buried, but we could control the direction of the enemy because we could send these metal balls out and cover a large area and make a, a mobile minefield, in essence, uh, you know, an immediate minefield. We'd also use them, uh, uh, the Air Force is famous for them in using them as uh, runway busters. 
So we would send them out over a runway or a bridge or something like that, and it would blow up and, and crater the runway with all these explosions so they couldn't take off and so forth. They were also used on artillery and uh, mixed forces because you'd have tanks or whatever. And we didn't know we were hit in the dark. It exploded, some in the air like fireworks, some on the ground when they hit. And when the sun came up the next day, we realized there were still unexploded munitions all around us. We had no idea we were still in, in the danger while we were settling down and trying to get guys evac'd and so forth. I'll tell you this, I don't think anybody understood the danger. We immediately set up fire teams for those that were not medics, immediately set a perimeter, immediately ready to defend against the, the enemy that could follow an artillery barrage. That's what our plan of attack was. The artillery would soften the enemy, and then we would uh, in, in, you know, invade, attack the enemy at that time. And so we immediately set those up as defenders, get in their position, cover the one. Uh, 180 in the front, we knew where we had been, so we didn't set behind us, but 180 all in the front of us, and guns out there, the team's uh, medics, there were, there were five teams at this time, that's why we were such a larger unit, typically a LERP team operates smaller, but this was our, our company set up with all, uh, all five teams, and so we, all the five medics, we were setting them up, we were moving things, we are some vehicles are damaged and we're moving equipment into vehicles so that we can get out. We're blowing, setting white phosphorus on top of Humvees so we can uh, uh, blow them in place that they can't be recoverable and leave them there. I mean, we had a whole plan of what we're doing and we had no idea there were still unexploded munitions. We had no idea if the enemy was coming. Everybody had a different mission and everybody was doing the mission. Those that survived, even the walking wounded, you know, shrapnel wounds and so forth, those that could not, and then one vehicle that took a direct hit just trying to get, see if there were any survivors in there. It was tough. You know, a 19-year-old kid trying to make heads or tails of what's going on and then living with that over the years and everything else. Now, I, I, if I heard this as someone else's story, I would say, boy, that was bravery. Boy, that was courage. And, and, and I think if it's someone else's story, that's how I feel. But I want to let you know that it was bravery, it was courage. And if someone else would identify that as someone else's story, then I want you to know that your story, you may not feel courageous, you may not be brave, but you need to be following God in a spiritual battle and you need to be doing what's right. Maybe your point is to be the, uh, the team medic and uh, applying first aid and you're there ministering to people and helping them. Maybe your, your uh, uh, position in the team is to go out and set defense and make sure that you're ready to repel the enemy. Maybe it's your team to move supplies into another truck. We all have a job to do in this battle. We're all in this church, and it's not his job to do it alone, and it's not his job to learn how to do his job when he's gone or they're gone. It's all of us in this battle together, and we all need the same courage. We all need the same bravery because we have an enemy that is greater and mightier than us. And it doesn't wait for us to define it. I'm not trying to impress you with my story. What's done is done. I'm trying to tell you, though, that you 
have a story being written in heaven. And it's accounting for all of your actions. Now, bless God, as believers, the end result of all of our action is another book, the book of life. The Lamb's book of life. And if our name's in there, it doesn't matter what our story written in these other books are. Heaven's our home. But our story is being written. And is it a story of courage and bravery where we say, I don't understand. The enemy's too much. It's not of my own goodness. It's not of my own righteousness. It's God who's in charge, and He's the one who's driving them out in front of me. He's the one I'm following. He's the one I'm staying faithful to. He's the one that is the, the commander. He's the one who can take on the enemy. And I'm just going to do what I need to do. I'm going to do the part I play in this mission. I'm going to hear the cries for help. I'm going to hear the orders barked, get up a position. I'm going to hear the orders, hey, take these supplies. I'm going to hear the orders say, we're going to continue mission. And we did. There is no, no comparison to our Stories on earth to the eternal stories in heaven. It is to my shame. Some of the men that I ran to an artillery branch for, I never told them about Jesus. I was a believer from the time I was nine years old, and I was hard charging, gung ho. Long range reconnaissance, jumped out of perfect good airplanes, repelled out of perfect good helicopters, and I had a, 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 a storied uh, a career and a, a in, in the Marine Corps 201 file, my my duty file, and a lot of bling to put on my chest. But there are guys that I said I'd take a bullet for. There are guys that I ran through an artillery barrage for and I never told them about Jesus. And I don't know where they're at today. What's courageous? What's courageous? Joshua's about to lead them in the battle against a mighty enemy. Giants, people that are going to defend their turf, People that are going to uh, uh, have their armies. People are going to have their, their families to watch and protect and defend. It's not an easy thing. But courage. Three times in nine verses, only be thou strong. Be very courageous. Courage. You don't. And I'll tell you this. It's Veterans Day, and maybe I should say this. I tell you, Christian, it's hard to be a Christian in the military today, especially. It's hard. It's not an easy, any, 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 you know, not just military, maybe a lot of other cultures like that, but it's hard. But you know, we need to be faithful wherever we're at. And I, I, I wouldn't want you to go into the military so you can get a story like this. I tell you, be faithful where you're at. Be courageous. 
If you're a clerk at a grocery store, if you're a fry guy at a fast food place, if you're an IT expert in your office, if you're a carpenter on a construction site, if you're a mechanic in the pit changing the oil filters, be a courageous Christian for God and make a difference. Be courageous. That's what the world needs. Those are the cries that are out there. Yeah, it's easy to say psychologically, somebody, when a guy dresses like a girl, it's a cry for help. I get that. We're not here to psychoanalyze anybody. And it's easy for us to lump them in as crazy. Can I tell you? Nobody's been courageous enough. Nobody's been courageous enough to be loud enough to counter that. It's hard. It's hard. I'm a bivocational pastor. I do IT, cybersecurity for the federal government, for the Department of Agriculture. We received a memo about pronouns. And I told him, I told my supervisor, and he knows I'm a pastor, he knows I'm a Christian. They gave us an option to put pronouns on our, on our uh, signature block, on our emails. And I told him, I said, is this required? He said, no, 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 they can't require that. They won't require it. I said, okay, that's fine. He said, so are you going to put them? I said, uh, I, I'm stuck on the defaults, and I'm okay with that. If I change them, I'll let people know what my different pronouns are. But right now, I'm a he, he, him, and uh, I've always been a he, him. And so if that changes, I become a she, her, I'll post it on my, you know, so that Martin Kuhn, people know which pronouns should be appropriate for that. But it's coming. And it's hard to be a Christian in the workplace. It's hard to be, you know, you hear the jokes, you hear the stories about what happened over the weekend and how much fun, and then, hey, what'd you do? Well, oh guys, I went to Sunday school. Yeah, that doesn't feel like you're really connecting. Well, my weekend, oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, my weekend was spin a church with some knucklehead wearing bling on his uniform. My week, I, I didn't really do anything, hung out with the family. I mean, right, don't we say it like that? It's hard to try and get across that you're a Christian. Now, you shouldn't be proselytizing. You shouldn't be weird and shouldn't be doing. You're on your boss's clock. You shouldn't be taken from him to do this, but... You need to be looking for conversations. You need to have the courage to have those conversations. If the children of Israel was going to make any difference into the promised land, their part to play was to be courageous. Have courage. And Christian, if we're going to make any difference in our world, we need to be courageous. A simple message, isn't it? But a hard one to live. There is no easy answer, humanly speaking. And when I tell you the easy answer, godly speaking, biblically speaking, it's to follow God. Boy, that can be such a conundrum at times. Because we feel this pressure and we feel these things against us. We feel like it's too much or I look like a weirdo or we're doing this. I mean, I, I see it. I, 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 
I, I watched it on Facebook. First time I'd seen somebody, KJV Baptist preacher on Facebook, standing and cursing out this, this black man in front of a, an abortion clinic and uh, cursing him out because he was taking his girlfriend in to kill black babies, cursing him out, telling him that I care more for black people than you care for black people. Cops came up to break this up, and he turned to the cops and started calling them pigs and everything else. This is a man whose title is KJV Baptist Preacher. Like, oh, Kansas, we've heard of Westboro Baptist Church before, haven't we? Hard to be a Baptist and admit that when Westboro Baptist Church was in their heyday. You know, everybody thinks Baptists are all the same. Can I tell you, it's, it's hard to follow God. He's the one going to drive out the enemy in front. He's the one that's going to keep the record. He's the one who's keeping score. He's the one that's going to uh, uh, bring everything to account. And all he wants you to do is to be courageous and follow him. Stay by what you know is true, his word. Don't follow man's opinion. Stay off YouTube for your spiritual guidance. Get in the Bible. If the questions you can't find in the Bible, then ask your pastor. Don't Google it and ask YouTube. You're going to get a lot of garbage out there. Yes, there is some truth. That's not true. And, and, and you know, that's, that's, that's real. There's truth on YouTube. And, but boy, there's also a whole lot of confusion. So be courageous. Get in the Bible. And if you don't understand what the Bible is saying and how it applies, then ask your pastor. That, that, that's, that's the object of being courageous. Part of courage isn't just doing what's right. It's avoiding what's wrong. Keep it simple. And you'll be blessed by it. God kept it simple. He knew how the nation of Israel was. He said, remember when I gave you the Ten Commandments the first time you left and you turned and started following a calf? I remember that. And I'm still going to bless you and drive out these people before you. But I'm doing it on my account. So your job is to be courageous and follow me. And Christian, be courageous. Follow God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. I, I love the simplicity of the Bible. There's times that we get together and we're, we're digging for the depths, and that, that's good. That, that's, that's, that's fine to dig in the numbers and to dig in the visions and dig into the end times and have an understanding of how these things work and see how your prophecy in the Old Testament is revealed in Jesus Christ and how some of that prophecy will be revealed in the times of Revelation and Lord, we thank you for that. But our goal ought to be the simplicity of Scripture, and that is just be courageous and follow you. It's not, it's not sitting there trying to have a, make an excuse or create a, an exciting story or sharpen our swords or... Uh, you know, James and John calling down fire on heaven on a city that didn't receive Jesus. Leave that stuff up to God and just be courageous and follow Him. And our story of bravery written in Scripture will be rewarded. Rewarded when we receive crowns from Christ. 
crowns that we can cast back at his feet when we're fully aware of all that he's done for us. Not just saving us from hell, but saving us to heaven, preparing a place for us, allowing us to minister and have a part in the, in the outreach, in the great commission to reach others. We just need to be courageous. Stay the course. Stay in the fight. Follow our commander. Lord, may that, may that encourage us as we walk out this door today. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Have thine own way, Lord. I hope that's your prayer, not just the song. Come forward. It's been good to have the Coons with us. Thank you for coming, my friend. I appreciate it. And um, so pray for them as they head home. Uh, he has taken the church, I, I think I've shared with you before, at Heritage Baptist uh, down there at Wichita is doing a good job. And so just pray for them as they get that growing again. So on Friday, uh, Pastor R.B. Ouellette uh, had he'd been battling cancer. They took his voice box. And from what I understood, um, it also would affect his taste and his smell, all that kind of stuff, and because of cancer. Um, now, R.B. Roulette has spoken at Recharge two different times. A great speaker, great man of God, greatly used for years around the country. And uh, the last thing he did as he was checking in was stop and visit with the lady that was checking him in, and, she, and he won her to the Lord. Hallelujah. Just a great man of God. Goes to his room, spends the night talking with family and friends and had the surgery on Friday. If you would, just pray for him. This is, you know, as uh, I think it was his wife put, it's a, a whole new set of firsts. And they're not young. I mean, he, uh, it's the church that Ali Marcheseau went to. Uh, and then he transitioned out. A new uh, pastor came in. Uh, and he, so he's been retired now for a couple of three years. So he's close to 70 or in his 70s. 
uh, just a great man of God. So you pray for the Lutz as they go through this time. I had someone say to me, so what do you think he'll do? I said, well, he's an avid writer. Uh, I've got probably 15 of his books in my office now, and each one of them uh, to the point. And so I'm sure God has extended ministry that he's going to be teaching him, going to be using him in. But if you would be praying uh, for R.B. Roulette. And then um, because we have carpet coming on Tuesday, I need some strong, able-bodied men. And if you could, when we dismiss in prayer, meet me right over here. We need to make some changes. Uh, and then choir will come and practice and all that. But we need to make some changes while we have uh, some guys here who can help lift and move stuff. And so if you can, guys, just come quickly. Uh, we'll meet over here and we'll get some things taken care of that need to be taken care of. And then we have Miss Betty come today. And uh, Betty's been coming. Betty's been coming for several months now. And uh, she came to me and talked to me about joining church and tells uh, of getting saved and knowing Christ as her Savior. She wants to follow the Lord in baptism uh, to be a church member. So, all in favor of Miss Betty being a church member, a good party, amen. 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 Yeah. 